everybody. Welcome back to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pekulski. As always, doing my best to bring you the best information in the world to help you live your greatest life in a body you love. So for 20 years plus, gosh, maybe maybe 25, no, it's about 20 years, I was myopically focused on being the biggest, baddest, best bodybuilder on the planet and got to the top of the world, top of the bodybuilding world. And I loved every step of it. And I knew it was a necessary part of my development as a man. I think it's not, I always said, it's not what who I am, it's what I do. And I think there was it was what I do from a perspective of what I needed to do to become a better version of myself. Like many of you, I grew up with a lot of excuses around what I was able to do and not able to do and who I was going to become, what I thought I was capable of. And thank goodness I found bodybuilding as being my real uh, first mountain in life. If you guys ever heard me use that metaphor before, the first mountain is, is this proverbial mountain is something that many people uh, certainly uh, climb. And you know, I speak for men or speak for myself and saying that I got to the top of the mountain or near the top of the mountain and realized that I was still unfulfilled. It was a necessary part of my life, but I was still looking for more. I thought that when I got to the top of the bodybuilding world, that I would want to continue and I would want to be the best. And and tr- the truth is I got there and everyone asked me, Ben, why'd you retire? I got there and I realized that I had other priorities. I had other things in my life that were more important, like being healthy, like being a leader for my family, like being a great father. And I found that for me, and I'm not saying for everyone, these things conflicted. I think I wasn't able to be the same selfish, myopic, ruthless athlete that I was, that I needed to be. You know, And I don't say everyone needs to be that way, that I needed to be to be the best in the world. So I was at this point where, you know, I was either going to go all in or not, right? And and with bodybuilding or any high level sport, it's not the type of thing where you can decide to go half in, half out and like, you know, do it a a few hours a day and not the rest of the time, or, you know, a few months of the year, not the rest of the time. It doesn't work for my body. My body was like to get to where I got, many of you know, you've probably heard me talk about this or you've heard stories of other, other people talking about me. I was, I was very committed. I was a very hard worker. And I wouldn't let anything stand in my way. I wouldn't take no for an answer. And so stubbornness can be a very good asset at times and an obsession, certainly at many times. Um, but in other parts of your life, you realize that that stubbornness and obsession doesn't always serve all the other areas of your life. Sometimes you're making sacrifices in other areas that become, there comes a point where it's just not really that important anymore. And I think the reason I bring this up and why maybe this may be relevant to you is all of us are climbing a mountain, right? All of us are ascending something. We're, we're pursuing something, whether it be money or muscle or significance or, you know, whatever stature, uh, happiness. We're all pursuing something that we think is outside of ourselves. And what I realized when I got, I literally remember walking onto the, the Mr. Olympia stage in 2012 and thinking to myself, I'm so happy I'm here. I'm so proud of myself. And yet I still feel empty. I still felt like something was missing. I felt like my soul knew that this was not the end all and be all for me. There was more. And I think I'm very blessed that I got to climb that mountain young in my life. You know, by the time I retired, I was 35. My first time I stepped on the Olympia stage, I was 31. Um, And I believe I, you know, I could have done it many more years. Uh, I just kind of lost the reason to do it. And when you no longer have that same drive, you just can't be the same version of yourself. So I did it again in 2016 because I always believe you can't do something once because I think some people could say it's a fluke or I might think, oh, it's a fluke. I did it by accident. So I, I did it twice. I did. I qualified again in 2016. I qualified also in 2009, but decided not to do it. And the reason I bring this up, as I say, is 
I think a lot of men out there are on this journey of seeking fulfillment. We're looking for something bigger. We're looking for something um, maybe more purposeful. Maybe we're looking to solve a bigger problem in the world. Certainly, the world seems to be going in a very interesting direction uh, that maybe is a very new direction for a lot of us. And I think a lot of us are focused on things that we can't control. And so the reason I did this podcast to talk to the men and women out there who are on this journey and are ultimately seeking clarity, seeking support, seeking community of people who are like-minded. And so now I've shifted my focus in the last two years since really 2021 uh, to coaching men, coaching men to ultimately uh, support them to achieve their greatness. And so you think of my mission in life, it's really to support men who are willing to go the extra mile, who want support. They know they, they want to do it. They just don't know how to do it. That doesn't necessarily mean doing it the way I do it or the way I did it. It means finding what works best for you to support your journey, your vision, and your mission. And that could be something as simple as, I need more energy. I want to be leaner so I can live longer. I want to have more muscles so I can play more and be more active or just look my best so I can be supremely confident when I walk into the boardroom or on the playing field. And so whatever your vision or mission is, everyone needs support. And the, the way I explain to people is, I'm your corner man, right? I'm the guy who's been there to a high level. I know what it takes and I'm not going to tell you to slow down, right? When you're driving an F1 car, you pull into the pit. You, the, the, the people in the pit aren't going to tell you to slow down. They're not going to talk to you. They're just there to fill up. They're like, hey man, make this car go as fast as it possibly can because when I hit the accelerator, I need to know I can go. And these are the types of people I really love working with because I think these are the people that are changing the world. People who are looking to unlock new levels of potential, new levels of performance, both physical and mental. And these are the types of problems that I love to solve, right? So I'm not helping people heal things. We're just looking for performance opportunities. And sometimes this is using the gym as a training ground or a battleground, I like to say, for developing our best self, for overcoming our limitations, our weaknesses, our fears in the gym, right? Because you have a controlled environment that you can face those fears or you can face the desire to be lazy or your mental uh, inadequacy. You're like, no, I know I can do this. So holding those strengths in your mind and saying, hey, I can go through this. I know I can do this. This is what I think and I feel my mission and vision and passion are in life. And, and I'll say this to everyone. It's like, I know what you're capable of more than you know what you're capable of because I was once in your, in your, in your seat. You know, not necessarily in the same area of life. You could be doing something at a much higher level than I'm currently doing it at now. But because I made it to the top of the world that I was in, I knew what it took, or I know what it took, and I know what it takes. And so for me, working with these high-level achievers who really want to get the most out of it, and they're willing to go all in, and I, it's, that doesn't mean uh, we're going to break you. We're not going to try to break you. But we're certainly going to learn to balance all of the things that go into health, fitness, performance, and longevity, because the Lord knows it's a lot. And Lord knows it's a lot to think about and balance. So having someone in your corner to think about it for you is truly a gift. And, and I didn't have this person when I was a bodybuilder. I didn't have someone to say, hey, Ben, you need to pay attention to your liver numbers because your liver's a little bit elevated. Or, hey, Ben, you need to pay attention to your aerobic fitness because your VO2 max is low. I was just focused on one goal, right? I used to say, one goal, one objective, one outcome, nothing less, right? Nothing less, right? And that was it. I was going for that one goal. And if I had someone, you'd be like, hey, 
you should take your your hormone replacement this way instead of that way. That would have been so helpful. And trust me, I looked for so many great resources. And to be honest, I stand on the shoulder of giants. I stand on the shoulders of giants. I stand on the shoulders of so many great men in so many niche areas. And that's why I was able to get to the level I did and why I'm able to perform at the level I do now and think and understand the level I do now, not because I did it all myself, not because I read every book in the world, because I was able to interact and engage and rub elbows with some of the people who are truly just the smartest, brightest, bi- biggest thinkers. And uh, I'm so blessed. And you guys know some who these people are. I invite them on the podcast. And every time I start the podcast, I say, I'm so blessed or I'm so honored to have you on. And that's the truth. This is not me, me being, um, you know, providing lip service to these people. When I bring somebody on the podcast who's inspired me in some way, my passion and my enthusiasm and gratitude shines through and just rolls off the tongue because it's true. And each of these people is putting together one necessary piece of the puzzle that supports me to be my best or you to be your best. But putting them all together, understanding how they all interrelate and all the, how they all in- interact, and maybe sometimes how these things are counterintuitive. Like, for example, we have David Sinclair saying, you shouldn't eat any protein. And you have a numerous uh, number of other people like myself saying, you need protein because you need to maintain muscle. And David Sinclair is a man I respect tremendously. I know he's brilliant. I know he's correct. But contextually, how is it correct? And where is this other side of the coin also correct? And learning how to balance that for the person and the objective and where they currently are is really what muscle intelligence is evolving to be. It's learning how to balance all the variables that are important to you and look at all of the metrics and say, okay, what should we be pushing? And I'm still not the, the perfect, I still don't have the perfect understanding of everything, not even close. And I hope that you know one day I get closer and closer and I'm climbing this new mountain. It's just an enjoyment for me to be able to support great men and great women in doing what they want to do in life. And so as we dive into this, here's a little bit of a framework that I'd like to provide you with understand. So I, I put together oftentimes uh, extensive documents. I love to write. You know, I have this interesting predicament in my life or paradox in my life where I love to write. I love to express myself in writing. And sometimes it's just a jumbled mess. And sometimes it feels like poetry. It's just, it's just flowing through me rather than you know by me. Uh, and sometimes it's, it's chaos and it's complete nonsense, but I still express myself. I still write it because I feel like it's organizing my thoughts. It's organizing my subconscious. So I'll put together these these really extensive documents and thoughts that I share with my community of clients and my community of athletes to help you ultimately understand all the things that potentially go in to building your greatest body and living your greatest life. So I've put together this list of 16 targets that we should all be aware of and considerate of when looking to optimize for whether it be health or performance or longevity. Or looking and feeling our best. Ultimately, we're all trying to do the same thing. There's an enormous list of things that we have to pay attention to. And I only want to share these. So there's nothing you guys are neglecting, right? And so here's the thing. Not every one of these is important for everyone, right? So maybe some of these, like, you know, I'm already good at those. Like, I'm already check all the boxes when it comes to these things. But these 16 health targets, you know, health is in quotations. It could be 16 targets uh, are really important to pay attention to all of them. Because they all matter. And, and here's the great thing. Every single one of these is directly impacted by the way that you train. One of the biggest mistakes that I want to share with you guys that really tr- ch- or frustrates me is that most people think that training is just a matter of going in there and doing something. And maybe you go in there and, and just getting something done. And, and guys, 
while that is step one, without question, you got to go and you got to go consistently. At some point, inevitably, that runs out. There's, there has to be intentionality and, you know, ultimately some, some scientific reasoning behind what you do. You can't continually do the same thing. So I think that prompted this podcast, as you guys know. Uh, there's been, maybe you may or may not, there's a lot of people dying. And, and I wonder if the death is more or the, the prevalence of the deaths is a result of just the fact that social media is everywhere and everything is broadcasted like, ne- like never before. So maybe this level of passing of young, healthy, seemingly vibrant men has always been the case, but it doesn't seem to be the truth. And so what I want to do is I want to, I want to shine the light on some of our blind spots. And so as we train as men and we, you know, everyone listens to podcasts, I'm guessing you already train at some level. And we're looking to make the most of our time, whether you commit 30 minutes a day or 60 minutes a day or 90 minutes a day or two hours a day, it doesn't matter, right? We should all be committing some non-negotiable time, non-negotiable, right? It's not like, oh shit, something came up. I can't do it. No, you got to get it in. And my suggestion, guys, is do it first thing in the morning because time is eaten away so quickly. I know for myself, I'm like, oh, I'll train at noon. Something happens at noon, right? Something happens with the kids. Something happens with the business. Something happens with you know, a client. Boom, got to go. You missed the workout. All of a sudden, you're putting yourself second, right? And you guys know my, I'm an advocate of, while some people would view this as selfish, I have a belief that you have to put yourself first to show up at your highest and best for your family, for your tribe, for your business. You have to prioritize you. You have to prioritize your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health. You have to prioritize those things or you simply won't be able to show up. You can't lead when you're falling behind. And trust me, I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes days get so busy. It's like, oh man, I didn't get my workout in today. I looked at my watch the other day and I got 4,900 steps. I was like, oh, it was like 9 p.m. I was like, how, what, like, how did that happen? Right. So I, most days I wake up and I go for an hour long walk. And that day I wasn't able to do it because something came up. Right. And so make a commitment to yourself to put yourself first in 2023. Make yourself a priority, right? Investing in yourself now, whether it be time or money or whatever it happens to be. Uh, now will pay off enormous dividends. It'll be the greatest investment you make in your life because ultimately you guys understand the idea of compounding interest. If you're in finance, you understand compounding interest better than everyone else. But make a small investment now, it grows over time and health is no different in my opinion. While in health, it may be a little different from a perspective you have to keep investing, but the little bit that you invest now will make the things down the road so much easier to to sustain. Even though I often uh, tell my guys like, we don't want it to be easy, right? When you're in that zone of discomfort, when you're in, in that, you know, we'll say on the other side of discomfort, on the side of comfort, you want it to be hard. Like, smile, right? We want it to be hard. But realize the more you invest now, the more that compounds over time. And I wish somebody had taught me that when I was, was a young bodybuilder or a young aspiring bodybuilder, or even now, earlier, I wish somebody had said, hey, you know, like, learn to make the small daily investments because your future self, are they going to high five you? I want to kick you in the rear and go, what have you done for me? What have you done to me? Right. And I hope that my 50 year old, 60 year old, 70 and 80 year old self look back at me and say, thank you. Thank you for the time you invested. Thank you for the sacrifices you made. Thank you for the discipline you implemented. Thank you for the love that you gave. Thank you for all the things that you contributed to the world. And uh, now we get to uh, enjoy the benefits of those things. So the 16 areas that I think we all need to pay attention to, the first one, and maybe arguably the most important, 
is energy, right? At the, at the base of everything we do, energy is the foundation. And if we think of what energy actually is, it's the cells or the mitochondria's ability to make ATP. And so that requires cellular health. And not, there's not many, certainly health advocates, said differently, fitness advocates talking about uh, cellular optimization, right? You, got, you have to optimize the cell. The, small, the cell is the smallest base layer of every organ system or every organ organ system, right? So if the cell isn't working correctly, it's not producing energy well, it's maybe not transcribing DNA correctly, the rest of your body can't work. So you have to pay attention to that. Now, you don't, I'm not going to give you details on how to do it, but I just want you to start paying attention to it. So again, over time, I may give you details on how to actually optimize for energy, but maybe I just want to bring your awareness to, hey, what are the, what are the targets? What are the things I should be paying attention to? And so energy doesn't come from caffeine and nicotine and nootropics and Adderall, right? It doesn't come from those things. Those are stealing energy from tomorrow to pay for today. And so while caffeine is wonderful and I love caffeine and I still use caffeine, it shouldn't be a I need caffeine circumstance. It's like, yeah, I like caffeine. It feels good. It helps me work harder in the day. But if I didn't have it, I'd still be okay, right? And so because I take all the other things to make sure my body is supported from an energetic perspective, I'm making sure I'm taking the magnesium and the B vitamins and the coenzymes and cofactors that my body needs, and ultimately the, the high-level nutrients that my body needs, and the exercise that my body needs to produce energy, um, I'm making sure my body is always energized. My body always has an excess of energy, right? So the second one is fat loss, right? So being lean is an incredibly important target for men for health, right? At no uh, time will ever, anyone ever say being fat is healthy. And, and I know that people are going to say, oh, you know, it's shaming. I'm like, it's not. It's just that it's a physiological reality, right? So your hormones will be dysregulated. Your, your appetite will be dysregulated if you're over a certain percentage of body fat. Now, it is of my opinion that that's, if you want, there, there's, a, there's a fine line, right? So we'll say, over 16% for men is definitively unhealthy, I would say. And I would say there is also a marked difference of being under 12%. So there's, there's this like sweet spot there between 12 and 16 where you're good, right? I, th I think in general, you're probably pretty good. I don't think you're going to do anything negative for your health, but you're probably not doing anything positive for yourself either. But getting under 12%, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for the benefits there. And I, I can't explain it. As much as I, I would just say, I, I would encourage you to feel it. So one of the things you're doing in my coaching community now, we actually have something we call the 10% club because there, there's just some miraculous psychological and physiological benefits to being under 10% provided you're doing it in a healthy way, right? If you're doing it in, in like a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to starve myself kind of way and overtrain and undereat for some duration around time and then I'm going to balloon after, that doesn't work. You got to do it in a healthy way. Rip through these quickly. Three, you need strength, right? So as we age, we talk about muscle a lot, but we don't have to talk about strength a lot. Strength is enormous as you age. Why? Because your strength to weight ratio, your ability to move your body in space is going to be hugely indicative of how well you can move through time, right? Can I pick something up above my head and not injure myself? If you get injured, you're setting yourself back a lot. So keeping a very high strength and power output is incredibly important, incredibly important. And now, so how often should we be training something like strength? In my opinion, twice a week is minimum for strength-specific training. That's separate from muscle. So we want to make sure we're training strength at least two times a week. And, and it's a simple way to think of it, like hit or, or establish some strength metrics for yourself. You know, like for me, I, like, I never want to be able to squat less than 400 pounds. I never want to be able to bench press less than 300 pounds. Like, as an example, right? deadlift 500 pounds. You know, I'll, at least not in any time in the next 10 or 20 years. 
right now, those are my targets. And if I can't do those, I know that I'm moving backwards, right? So I don't ever want to move backwards. And I had a lot of recent realizations because I'm in Spain and I give myself some more um, time and space to be alone. The realization of the value in moving things quickly is tremendous. You know, for a long time, I've been an advocate of like, hey, slow down. If you want to build muscle, slow down. And I'm still an advocate of that. But hey, if you want to build strength, got to go faster, which is interesting. It's a bit paradoxical, but it's just the reality. And now that doesn't mean we sacrifice form. It's always under control. But we want to learn to move things quickly to improve that power output. Power output is enormous. So number four, we talk about muscle gain. You guys, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Well, I obviously want to talk about it every day, but I talk about it ad nauseum on this podcast. You should be training muscle building at least three times a week, in my opinion. And so muscle building can be full body. It doesn't have to be huge amounts of volume, but you should be training every muscle group at least twice a week. And you should be doing muscle building training three times a week. And, and the benefits are just so enormous, right? From nutrient delivery, nutrient sensitization, energy burn, calorie burn, the hormonal benefits, um, you know, just retaining muscle. Think of it like a glucose sink. It's just like a nutrient sink where I can consume more nutrients and my body can actually utilize it rather than leaving it in my vascular system. It's important to think about the vascular system in terms of it's this very tight. So talk, we'll talk about veins. It's this very tightly regulated system where it, the pH can't go off. Certainly the glucose can't go off. Um, what other markers are in there? The, um, well, there, there's a number like even iron markers have to be cer- certainly tightly regulated. And certain other markers that exist in the blood that are extremely tightly regulated. And if you allow them, you know, lipids as an example, fats, and if you allow them to get too high, because either you're over consuming food or your body has nowhere else, nowhere to, nothing to do with it. It's like these levels get elevated and that's what starts to cause damage to the vascular tissue and leading toward cardiovascular disease. So having muscle has kind of this sink to pull nutrients out of the vascular system, out of the veins or the cardiovascular system into the muscles is enormously valuable. So don't neglect that. No matter, no matter what your age, even if you're in your 30s now or 20s, like the more muscle you build now, you're building margin, right? So if, you, if you're trying to build muscle in your 50s and 60s, it's going to be incredibly difficult, right? Build muscle now, have a little extra so you can sustain it over time. Sustaining muscle is so much easier than building it, so much easier than building it. When you're sustaining muscle, you can do much less volume, much less time. So my, my encouragement, my request to each one of you is spend the next three to six months now investing in putting on 15 pounds of muscle, right? Put on 15 pounds of muscle, lose 15 pounds of fat. Because what you're doing is you're making an investment in you in five years, 10 years, 20 years. So you have that extra muscle. Your metabolism is faster. Your energy is better. Your ability to move is better. Your likelihood of getting injury goes down, right? So many, so many benefits. Okay. Number four is muscle gain. Number five is testosterone. We all want to optimize for testosterone. There's so many benefits, including mental drive, motivation, sexual function, sexual drive, et cetera. Number seven, nope, sorry, number six, sexual function. So those two are kind of going hand in hand. That's why I rush through testosterone. Sexual function is multifactorial. It's not just about blood flow. It's also about the nervous system. It's also about the brain. Um, but we definitely want to optimize for that. The big thing that, that I think is a, a necessity is the removal of pornography. I think pornography has become so prevalent in modern society because it's playing on your unconscious desires. It's playing on your desire for one, instant gratification, two, to enjoy yourself, I guess, to have pleasure. There's a lot of downsides, we'll say. There's a huge number of downsides to pornography. Remove pornography from your life, do some more cardiovascular training, and ultimately train your nervous system. This is another one down the list as well. 
ultimately we want to improve vagal tone, right? We want to improve the, the vagal tone, which is, which is the vagus nerve is kind of what allows our, our organs to calm down. So we want to improve vagal tone to support sexual function. Number seven, cardiac function. So this has become really big for me lately. Uh, you guys know I was a bodybuilder for 20 years and I did some dumb shit throughout my years. I wasn't always bright and I did some really, really, uh, aggressive things. I did some, maybe I overdid it on certain things when I was, you know, I had a very specific goal in mind and I was kind of this mindset of like, whatever it takes. And now looking back, like, gosh, I, I wish somebody came along and slapped me and said, you idiot, what are you doing? Like, you don't need this, right? You're looking for a shortcut. You're, you're being lazy. You're looking for a shortcut. It's human nature. Um, and may, you can make an argument that it was part of the sport, but I, I would argue otherwise. I think it's definitely part of the sport, but you know, doing it in a healthy way is absolutely possible. It doesn't always have to be like pushing the envelope, pushing the pedal to the metal at all times. I certainly didn't. You know, again, I, I can't speak for other bodybuilders, but I know that I was super health conscious when I was uh, competing. Although at times you kind of let, you let those things fall to the back of your mind instead of being in front of your mind. When it comes to cardiac function, it's become very relevant and prevalent for me. Lately, I take on a lot of clients who uh, just want some support. Like, hey, what should I be doing as far as training to optimize for cardiovascular function? So I've been looking at that. How do we improve aerobic function? How do we improve anaerobic function? How do we improve the quality of the vascular tissue? Can we reverse arthrosclerosis and, and, and coronary plaques? What can we do to improve the glycocalyx and the endothelium and these different facets of, of the vascular tissue? And there are definitely things out there. And if there's a, an expert out there uh, listening or uh, who wants to talk about this, I would love to understand. Like I, I talk to all the smartest people I can find. So I understand this at a deeper level. Number eight, brain function. So if you're not paying attention to brain function, this is one of those things that it kind of sneaks up on you, right? You hit 40, you hit 50, you hit 60, and all of a sudden you're like, man, my memory's not the same. Or my ability to recall information isn't the same. There's a lot of things we can do that are really simple and really basic. And guess what? It's all the same stuff. So whether you're trying to optimize for cardiac function or sexual function or brain function, pretty much the same stuff. Eat great food, train hard, do cardiovascular training all the time, move your body, don't sit a lot, don't smoke. So many things you can ultimately stay away from. Number nine, stress management. So this is, comes back again to this vagal tone. Stress is inevitable, right? Stress is inevitable, right? You're not going to avoid stress in your life. You don't want to avoid stress in your life. But how you become adaptable to it, or what the word I use is resilient to it, meaning when I get, or, or maybe anti-fragile. So when I get exposed to it, how do I respond? Like, can I handle it? I, I think, and I feel that I'm, I'm pretty good at handling stress, although I have my moments to uh, become pretty good at it because I've had a lot in my life. I've had a lot of pressure. I've had a lot of stress and I've implemented some, some basic management strategies. Now, here's the way to think of this, guys. Imagine your children, if you have children, your children in the middle of, of a stressful situation, having a bad day, they're, they're kind of freaking out. They're having a bit of a tantrum. Is that the time to yell at them and teach them? If you're a parent, you know, hell no, they're not going to learn anything at that time. The time to teach them is away from that. Before that, teach their brain and nervous system how to self-regulate, auto-regulate before that happens, right? So it's the same for yourself. If you are having a hard time with stress and you're in it, the likelihood of someone going, hey, man, you just need to sit down and breathe or meditate when you're in it is like, come on, leave me alone. Like you're the first thing you're going to reach for is like a drink or a pill to alleviate that psychological burden, right? Whereas if you train meditation or if you train breath work or if you train aerobic fitness or train nature, being on, being on nature, tearing yourself to go to nature when this happens, all of a sudden, boom, it turns it down. Or you can control yourself so much more readily because you've trained outside of the event itself. So number 10, sleep. I do a lot of podcasts and sleep. 
Um, I do a lot of content on sleep. I've just written a 43 page ebook on sleep, which will be released in my coaching community. And again, does it need to be 43 pages? No, but I make it long. So it kind of encompasses everything. It's got everything for everyone. And, and there'll be snippets that get pulled out and kind of dripped to the coaching community so that you can see the value, the high value items. You know, depending if you want the deep dive, it's there. If you want the, the lesser content, it's also there. So number 11, it's a big priority is longevity. And, and there's some very specific things that we're talking about. So if you look at Aubrey de Grey's work or David Sinclair's work, and you see like, what are these guys talking about? When it comes to what's going to take me out, the first thing you got to avoid is cancer and, and cardiovascular function, right? So how can we avoid those things? There's some very specific things that we can do to avoid those things. Cardiovascular fitness, improve your VO2 max, for sure. Control your lipids. Right? Your lipids are usually uh, more like a, a light on the dashboard, right? The light on the dashboard goes in the car. There's like something in the engine that's wrong. Lipids, I, I don't think, are inherently the problem. We've had Dr. Anthony J on here and many other people who I would call lipid experts. Uh, saying that high cholesterol is not a problem. It's, you know, it's obviously a result. It's a, it's a carrier molecule for lipids. So pay attention to where your cardio, where your lipid markers are, learn how to control them, learn how to regulate them. But really it's, it's a matter of all the things that go into health that are directly contributing to your poor lipid markers. So when it comes to longevity, what can we do? Right. It's all the things on the list, guys. It's everything on this list. And this is why this list is here, right? This is the, the, all the major health targets that you may be considering. Now, the next three kind of go hand in hand, 11, 12, and 13. Nope, I'm lying. 12, 13, 14 are confidence, character, and commitment. And those are the three things that we commit to in our coaching community. The building of confidence, character, and commitment to follow through on your word are enormous to us as men because ultimately they allow us to shine. They allow us to be confident in who we are and allow us to make great decisions and, and come from our heart and not from our trauma. That's a big statement that I throw out there a lot is live from your heart, not from your trauma. That's, it just means a lot, right? It means, it means, or it takes a lot, I should say. It takes confidence. It takes believing in yourself. It takes um, being willing to be judged. It takes being willing to be a little vulnerable, be honest with yourself and, and have other people maybe judge you and not worry about it, right? Realize when somebody else is judging you, it's often an indication of who they are, not who you are. So think through that. Confidence, character, and commitment. Those are the three outcomes that in, in muscle intelligence we're striving for in general, right? So we, we use exercise to develop confidence, character, and commitment. We use nutrition to develop confidence, character, and commitment, right? How, how do those work? Well, if you follow through on your things, you develop those things, right? So if you follow through on your, your training plan, then you're going to develop those things. Character comes when things get hard. Commitment is simply following through on your word. Confidence comes from progress and believing in yourself. Right? So all those things can be trained in the gym or in your nutrition and training programs. Or 15 self-belief, you could build that into confidence and say those are kind of one and the same, but I wanted to make it separate because I know a lot of people out there suffer with the lack of self-belief. And so self-belief is setting small goals and saying, yeah, I'm going to do it. You know, I have this interesting relationship with self-belief. There are so many times as a bodybuilder that I wanted to quit. I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? Why, why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. And I kept going. And I started to believe in my, because it was so hard. I was like, why am I, why, why am I suffering through this? It was so hard for me at times, mentally and physically, more mental than physical, but I just kept going, just kept going. And, and I wanted to be the best I could be. And I really believed that if I put in everything that I had and I committed hundred percent, I could be the best in the world. And I still believe that, right? I didn't, I didn't ever give everything I had because I, I ended up giving up on bodybuilding before I had done that. But, you know, I was, I was certainly climbing the ranks quickly. Anyways, not enough, enough about me. Um, 16 is fulfillment. We all crave fulfillment of some kind. That may be more purpose, right? 
that may be different uh, for everyone. Certainly, certainly it's different for everyone. What, what fulfills us? I think for men, certainly on the first mountain, fulfillment comes from external gratification, from status, from power, maybe the pursuit of power and the pursuit of comfort and, and you know, being able to provide and protect. That's a very good fulfillment in the beginning. Uh, and maybe that's fulfillment on the second mountain too, the ability to protect and provide for your family. But maybe it's deeper than that, right? Maybe fulfillment is solving some problem in the world and making a death in this world. Or maybe it's lifting those around you up. Or maybe it's creating a legacy in your family. Or maybe it's uh, raising amazing humans as children and maybe giving back to people who are maybe less privileged than you. Fulfillment comes from that. And here's the crazy thing. Every one of these is directly, directly impacted by what you eat, by how you train, by what your lifestyle looks like and what your mindset looks like. So those are kind of the four areas or domains that we focus on in muscle intelligence coaching. We focus on, you know, you got you to gotta have your training on point. There's nine different areas of training that we, that we pay attention to, right? You got to make sure your nutrition is on point. And that's different for everybody in a different phase. Is keto good? Yes. Is vegan good? Yes. Is omnivore good? Yes. Is paleo good? Yes. Right? Contextually, for whom, when, right? They're all good and they're all bad, right? So it depends on who and when and why and so many different variables. So um, instead of just myopically... Uh, or dogmatically pursuing one, say, hey, which one's the best for me right now based on my specific goal? So I hope that is a relatively useful and comprehensive view of all the things. I know it's a lot, but all the things that kind of go into the, the or all the benefits you're going to receive from training well and eating well and uh, ultimately nourishing your body instead of eating to mute emotions. How many of you guys out there and girls you know, admit to alleviate feelings, to alleviate emotion. If you feel anxious or you feel tired or you feel something, eating makes you feel better. Be honest, I, I do sometimes, right? So I noticed that for me, a big thing is blood sugar regulation. If I regulate my blood sugar, my appetite is perfect. I, my, I have a great ability to control my appetite, no issues. If I have huge amounts of stress my or if I have poor sleep, my blood sugar uh, becomes dysregulated and I get, I don't even get, I don't call them cravings. The desire to eat more, like it feels like an insatiable desire to eat more. Um, but if I, and so if I eat more carbohydrate, then my blood sugar is a little more dysregulated. That's why you eat a low carbohydrate diet. I don't think a low carbohydrate diet is anything miraculous when it comes to fat loss. I think it's miraculous when it comes to blood sugar regulation, which allows me to control my eating habits. So if many of you heard me talk about uh, I'm being an advocate of a low carb diet. It's because for me personally, controlling my appetite is a big part of my body composition. Like if I can eat regularly and, and eat every, every couple hours or eat three meals a day, my appetite is great. So when something causes that to go off, you have to know what tools are necessary that, or what tools you have at your disposal to ultimately correct it, right? For me, as I said, it's just like realizing this is happening. What can I do to correct it? And then take action. So for me, it's if, if I find myself having an appetite that's uncontrollable, I'm going to do something that regulates my blood sugar. Right, so it's exercise, right? Maybe it's sleep, maybe it's breathing and breath work, maybe it's I don't know, anything that could that can ultimately cause my body to kind of uh, burn some glucose that's that's in the blood and to normalize. As long as it's not too intense, so I do something too intense, I could shoot the opposite. Ladies and gents, hopefully that was helpful. I'll give you a little insight into what's going on in my life right now. I'm currently in Marbella, Spain, doing some filming, filming some content for the coaching, enjoying some beautiful weather, training at some awesome gyms. You guys have never been down here. I plan to do some live training camps. Uh, one of the things that I think that I just, I just love to do, maybe it's one of the things I'm best at, is engaging with people in person, teaching how to do things well for your body. Because ultimately, uh, we're all different. We all need to be doing things differently, both nutritionally, but mainly and training-wise. And so learning how to do things for your body, ultimately what I what I think would be a fun little endeavor 
is bringing people down for one to three weeks at a time and doing an intensive. Because I think if I had someone for three weeks, you know, two, three weeks, the amount we could change their body and the way they trained would change their life. You know, we could do it in a week, but if we had three weeks or four weeks, gosh, what could we do to somebody's body? We can give you such a head start. It'd be insane. Obviously, not everyone has the ability to do that, but some people work online and could take their meetings and you know, it'd be such an interesting experiment to see like, what could we actually do in one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks to change somebody's course, right? Course correction. It'd be fun to, to play with and uh, look forward to the future coming from the Muscle Intelligence Committee. Guys, if you're not already in the Facebook group, uh, you get to engage with me regularly in there if you have questions. If you're not already, so just go to muscle, uh, facebook.com slash muscle intelligence, I think, or facebook.com slash groups slash muscle intelligence, I think is what it is. Just search muscle intelligence uh, on Facebook. I'm in there often. My team is in there often answering questions and just providing awesome content for you. Um, and you guys can also just personally follow me on Facebook. Uh, you can also follow us on YouTube if you like to listen to podcasts. And as I have mentioned in other podcasts, we are now committed to doing more YouTube content, which I'm super pumped about. Uh, I love uh, inter- personal interaction. So I'll probably bring somebody on like a climb, like, hey, let me show you some stuff on YouTube video. That'd be fun. I hate standing in front of the camera and being in a room by myself, talking to myself. Yeah, it's fun, but I'd much rather impact somebody directly. So guys, thanks for being here. This is the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm Harold Spempikulski. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends, by our friends at Organifi, our longtime sponsor, Organifi, Greens and Reds. I have travel packs with me everywhere I go. Uh, it allows me to be, in, to be positive that I'm getting my nutrients in, right? I want to make sure my body is getting my greens. Sometimes when you're traveling, it's not always easy to get organic greens uh, or certainly reds. And I'll take the reds before I train, sometimes during my training all the time to allow my vascular system to get that kind of nitric oxide secretion or that uh, upregulation in vascular dilation. So the dilation of blood vessels, which I just love, you know, during training, after training, amazing, amazing products. Their, their line of products expands every week. They've got an amazing protein product, got an amazing nighttime product with adaptogenic herbs, uh, Organifi Gold, which you should definitely try, and just so many more amazing products. And they're hooking us up. So head over to Organifi.com slash muscle to get hooked up with 20% off because Organifi uh, loves you. We love you and we love Organifi. Thanks for being here, guys. I appreciate you. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of those you love. And let's train hard and kick some mess. Thanks for listening to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. For full episode guides with important takeaways and bonus resources, head over to muscleintelligence.com slash learn. If you enjoy the show and find value in the content, please subscribe. Share this podcast with at least one person you know and love who would benefit from this content. Leave us a review and support our sponsors. You can see the full list of show sponsors, discounts, and get exclusive Muscle Intelligence deals at muscleintelligence.com resources. To join our private community and get VIP access to my master classes, upcoming muscle camps, and other resources that we don't post anywhere else, head to muscleintelligence.com community. Most of all, thank you very much for your trust, for your time, and most importantly, for supporting health and fitness in this world. Enjoy your day, and I look forward to seeing you here next week. Thank you so much for tuning into Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. 
This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.